I wanted to start by saying a huge thank you to everyone who listened to episode one of Change It with Change Director Jen Zuber. If you haven't yet had a chance to listen to the episode, I highly recommend it. Jen imparts some of her vast wisdom on how to sell the value of change. She talks about human-centered design and its place within change. And she also provides some personal insight into how she got into change. This week, I'm delighted to have Caroline Perkins, the head of change, join me. Caroline has worked in change for over 20 years, leading, building and driving change in some of Australia's biggest brands. I'm keen to find out from Caroline what you need in your toolkit to equip you for change, what she asks in her change interviews and why change agility makes companies unstoppable. Enjoy episode two of Change It. Experience, Caroline, given your many years of experience across industries, how have you opened the door for change? I think the key thing is talking to where their risks are, because change management is a risk management strategy. So unless there's some sort of risk, there's no need for change management for a start. I think the key thing there is to really explore with an organization or the person you're talking with, exploring what the um, changes, what their concerns are and what the risks might be. Because if they think they've got it handled and they've got enough capability in place to manage it, then there's no reason for you to be in there trying to sell your services. So the idea is that you're, you're, you're actually exploring with people what their concerns and everything else are so that you can then talk to them in, in context of change. I think where people think about themselves as a change manager who runs to a methodology and I work on a project to run to a methodology, very hard to sell that unless you've got a mature organization that's uh, running you know, big projects and you can slot in. But where it's a sort of smaller organization or an organization that doesn't run in those sort of ways, you're really working towards at a more strategic level, what are their change risks? What do they need to do about those change risks to manage them and land change safely and then sustain that change going forward? So it's more of a focus on that side of things than it is projects and having to sell the, the more tactical, tangible deliverables that you might provide in, into that space. Yeah, that's great. So are you referring to the fact that, say, it was a smaller organisation that doesn't have a change capability yet, that change needs to go in in a strategic leadership seat or somewhere where there's sponsorship what what would your advice be any size organization to be honest I think if you if you're if you're if, if, if you're feeling that they're resisting the concept of change management it's because they don't actually see the need for it so you've got to explore where the risks are and actually then talk to what what would they be thinking about doing to manage those risks and if you if you've got a sense of you know, where the normal risks are around change, you know, delivering benefits, you know, your people being worn out, capacity, those sorts of things. And you're actually talking to the real issue that they're feeling. And then you can say, well, from a change management perspective, we can help in and da, 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 rather than trying to sell in change management. And on that note, how do you overcome the common misperception that change is fluffy, HR, people focused? Um, I think where people think about it just as 
the behavioral elements of change, then likelihood is they could say that was a, a sort of an HR function capability, which it may be actually. Whereas I think as change managers, we've got to think more about organizational change and actually be talking about change in those terms rather than behavioral stuff, making people feel better about change. It's, it's not that. So I think taking it up that level to make sure that you really are talking about organizational change, that can't be seen as fluffy because you're actually talking about how an operating model works. So any, anything you say, if the change is an HR system or an HR system, if, if a change is a technology system, then they have knock-on effects, you know, to other areas of the operating model. So you've got to think about these things as a whole and less about individual behaviours. Of course, individual behaviours are important, but it's the sum of those individual behaviours, not, not working one-to-one with somebody. Thank you. I'm interested to know, having interviewed and led probably hundreds, correct me if I'm wrong, of change practitioners and professionals, do you have a go-to question that you've tailored to extrapolate whether someone is worth hiring or not? I try and ask the question, and it depends which, from, from where they've, they've come from, but I try to gauge whether they are a change manager who follows the bouncy ball, as in follows a methodology, versus one that has more of a toolkit that they can then apply to different changes in different ways because for me definitely one change does not not fit all so I think people really struggle when they're used to you know starting at the beginning and then working through the change methodology to the end and have all of these powerpoint presentations that they would be putting together that to me is not a change manager that can be resilient and work across a business that is a change manager that can only be pigeonholed into certain projects so yeah so that would be the question that I would talk to is you know what how do you consider yourself as more of a method it's probably the art versus the science of change manager isn't it it's um you know do you do you have a methodology that you you use and if people say, well, I, I do, but actually what I do is I feel more about, you know, it's more about a toolkit and, and using those tools to better um, fit what the, what the client and the organisation is trying to do. Great. And on that, then, if you were to advise someone that potentially is still very rigid and wedded to the methodology, how do you think someone transfers from being wedded to this and going through the steps and that tick box exercise to becoming more of that fluid fit to purpose people like doing what they're good at so if, if that if that fits your way of thinking if that fits your sort of process sort of driven way of thinking about change then you need to find the work that fits your your approach and I think the biggest issues we get in the change management space is when we have the wrong change manager pigeonholed into the wrong sort of change so I think as a change manager the key thing is to find the thing that you're good at and then find that work you know rather than necessarily trying to make yourself great at, at everything because it's it's change manager it's hard you need resilience you need, you need confidence so you need to have the confidence in what you do to be able to do it and 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 trying to be something you're not won't work however that said if you really are um, looking to self-develop, then that's it. You just you just find different, you know, you're always on the lookout. You're always on the lookout of different things, different tool sets that you could use and working through how you're going to move those, fit those better together for the for the client's sake. 
And what's interesting there, the Caroline, is exactly that. It's two schools of thought. Some people choose, they're strategic in their job and selection. So they're choosing to make sure they diversify their skill set and aren't pigeonholed as HR, MS, system implementation change only. And they want to appeal to having done all the different regulatory, you know, systems, culture. What would you say, in your view, what you're saying there is it's very good to specialise and know what you're good at? Well, I think you have to know what you're good at because you're not really going to be offering the client best value if, if you're not doing what you're not good at. So that's that's the key thing there. But I think you can really be, you know, you can make a career out of systems implementations. You really can, you know, and you get bigger systems, bigger complex. So yeah, absolutely you can go that way. However, there are more more, I think, whole of business type change roles that require you to have more of that sort of toolkit, which is where I was sort of alluding to. Because when you're looking at the whole business, portfolios going on and change happening in different spaces and it's different risks that you're trying to manage in different spaces different leaders then you really need to pull on your toolbox to to work through what are the key things I'm going to do here because in today's world you can't waste time right you have to be able to only do what is required if you spend too much time filling out presentations when actually you should be doing the stakeholder engagement then it's the world of agile now it's the world is just just enough just in time so I think well that's the exciting thing for me the fact that you're never really an expert you never really mastered your space there's always something new there's always something that you can apply some different way of thinking about it that might have been something you did 10 years ago but you'd suddenly oh hang on that might be a good one to use here you know so that sort of jigsaw puzzle type approach to putting your change plan together, I think, is the thing that excites me. And I don't think it's the thing that excites everybody, but that, that's that's what I do. And that and that you have to have a passion for what you do. Yeah, thank you. That was very eloquently put. You've referred to a toolkit quite frequently, and it's a term that's often coined in the change mm. and transformation industry. What do you think a good change practitioner needs to have in their toolkit? Are there kind of three top things that you could call out that need to be in every? Well, you have to have tools for listening. And, and you know, depending on the size of the organisation or the seniority, you know, the tools that you might need to listen to people, you know, so it might be through a design thinking lens, really good survey creation tools, or, or even just face-to-face listening so any toolkit you can have around listening is going to be useful because again you're going to have to play play different roles you know um how how do you really extract from people what they think and what they need and what they what they're going to do about things secondly facilitation so how do you get groups together to think through problems because you you know we're probably more an expert in facilitating outcomes than we are of telling people what those outcomes are i mean as a change manager you shouldn't be telling anybody anything you're really trying to facilitate an outcome so again having good facilitation skills and knowing different ways of running um, a workshop particularly now we're remote you know being able to do that that's invaluable um, you know helping people co-design co-create um, consult you know in in that regard um, so that's two and three I think is good ways to sort of 
you don't have to be a communications expert because there are lots of communication people out there, but you have to know what sort of frames to use, how to reframe things, how to craft a good message and how to use different methods of communication seven times in seven different ways. You know, communication isn't a one-to-one thing. It's, it's a, it's a broad, and particularly now when, Many people are communicating online, um, you know, broadcast, you know, people have turned into T, they've got TV studios now and things like that. So, but to, to, to ensure that the right communication is happening, the right key messages are going out there. So I'd see those are the three, three key things for me. And looking at remote working and where we are at now, because the space has been disrupted and change is having to build relationships as you and I are doing now virtually. Are there any other key things that are coming downstream that you perceive are going to really disrupt the space which people need to be ahead of? Well, an agile organisation, I think, is one. So it's not how do you run agile projects? agile delivery this is if an organization becomes agile a bit like ANZ have done or spark over in New Zealand what does it actually mean to manage change in in that sort of environment more holistically I know people have got sort of skills and and methodologies around doing agile change as in agile delivery change but I'm thinking more about as as an organization becomes agile how do you manage change effectively on a quarterly basis? You know, it's that sort of concept. I think that's, that's new and it's got to be thought through. It does require more discipline, sort of concept of business releases and actually embedding the change at the same, at the same time as you're installing it. So, you know, install and then embed. How do you do that in a, in a quarterly so I think that's a key thing for me. I, I do think remote working has brought more discipline to communications to you know people who were very you know a bit lackadaisical about communication before now have to be very specific about what they're doing to keep people in the loop and, and of course it's, it's changed considerably and facilitation you know the, the way that you facilitate workshops online is so so different and training and of course in the training space the use of virtual reality and oral augmented reality I think is going to be one of the keys things going forward as well because that's uh, we're only just scratching the surface there about the value that that can do from a from a, you know and that just in time concept you know with change my favorite quote of the moment is the pace of change will never be this slow again so it's you know you've got to keep up you've just got to keep up and how do we do that great thank you one of the things that I noticed when looking at your background, Caroline, is that you have established your own company and brand called The Carbon Group. And you refer to change agility in there and that it gives people a competitive advantage. Can you unpick that for me? You talk about agile and change. Unpick the competitive advantage that you see it bringing. It's the cost of change. If every change is considered to be a startup a development and an implement process the effort it takes to start things up to get things ready and then to implement them is much greater than if an organization is continuously implementing change I mean if you could get to the point where somebody on the front line or the front line your team members on the front line 
every Monday go, yippee, what's the change this week? That's Nirvana, right? Because they're not resisting. They're just, they're just going, okay, it's a normal thing. Change is coming. It's safe. I've got it. You know, let's go for it. It's, um, so I think to me, that's the sort of shift we've got to take. It's too expensive to do these huge startup programs and then run things through. You've got to get an organization into a more of a rhythm around change that, that change is just dropped onto. It's more of a conveyor belt that you're just dropping change pieces onto rather than a big shift every single time you try and do something. In your experience, Caroline, what would you say the most common pitfalls you see in change are? I think the biggest problem is when people misdiagnose the change. They think the change is one thing and actually it's something very, very different. So for instance, the change is putting an IT system in where actually it's, it's, it's the outcome of putting a change, uh, the, the IT system in. So I think many projects work to the, the, you know, the system going in versus the change has to be much longer and it has to be thinking about actually realizing those benefits. So I think that would be one of the key things, because if you misdiagnose the change at the beginning, you're never going to get a great outcome through that process. I think the other misdiagnosis in the change space is the scope, because so many people say, oh, well, that's out of scope. And it might be out of scope for the project, but it's not out of scope for the change. So, again, broaden the thinking of the change to to really what that change actually means for the organisation rather than what the project's trying to do. Great. And within that, where do you think human centred design comes in? Because that's something that I hear coined at the moment when people are thinking of change landing well. Do you think that has a big part to play in making sure it sticks? Well, I do, because if you've designed the change with the end in mind, it's a lot easier to roll out than if you if you, if you design something like a square peg to go into a round hole and then you go change managers. Can you get that in, please? It's a lot easier if it's a round peg to go into a round hole. You know, so I think oftentimes there's a there's a misstep in the, in the solution that you've got. It's not going to be the thing that solves the problem. So um, and then they go, can you change manage that? Uh, my answer to that is, oh, I'm sorry, the, um, the cupboard with my magic wands in, I've lost the key to. But um, ultimately, if, if you can do co-design and, and to me, it's co-create, co-design consult. So co-create is firstly, have we understood the problem to be the right problem versus co-design being, OK, well, how do we design a solution to that problem? And consult is, well, now that we think we've got it, let's run some scenarios to figure out where that's going to work. If you can do all of those things, you've got a much better chance of getting that, um, that change to deliver the benefits that you were hoping for. Great. Thank you. Actually, Deloitte referred to a similar one, which is decide, design, deliver. <clears throat> is a similar model just to work out whether it's right that's great thank you caroline thank you so much for listening to change it bringing you tools tips and takeaways from experts in change i'm eloise a recruiter that's passionate about the change field if you're a practitioner in change or transformation that's looking to further progress yourself then please get in contact today i'd love to assist